Welcome to the It's a Hustle podcast. I am your host, Joe Garrix, coming to you from Norwalk, Connecticut, at the home of my dear friend, Tony D'Antonio. Tony, thanks for being here. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me, Joe. Thanks for having you here in your own home. Yes. It, it is certainly gracious of me. <laughs> welcome, welcome to my new home. By the I way. know. Yes. It's beautiful. I'm a new Norwalkian. Is that a thing? I don't know. I'm not sure. I have to look that in up. In Trumbull or Trumbullites. Are you? Is that really true? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. You're making Trumbullians. <laughs> I think Trumbullites. I think that's right. Norwalkians. That makes more I sense. I like it, right? Yeah. yeah. What else could it be? Norwalkers. No. It seems stalkery. Well, I, I'm excited that you're in Norwalk. I think Norwalk is a fucking awesome town. It's, it's actually cool. where we wanted to live until we realized we couldn't afford to. Uh, <laughs> well, there you have it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to. It was. Uh, and also, we, we thought schools. Uh, we're better in Trumbull, and that really was an investment that paid off. Yeah, we're kind of old, <laughs> so that wasn't a criteria for yeah, us. Yeah, I know. Postmenopausal women don't think about school systems. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I wish I wasn't thinking about them, to be honest with you. So, uh, so Tony, I'm, I'm excited to have you here because I feel like you do everything. Like You have just such a kind of a, an immense career that goes off in like so many different directions, it which does. I think is awesome, and it's what I would probably advise people to do is have like different you know talents and skill sets and revenue streams Mm -hmm. um but i'd love you to kind of give us a rundown like right now tell me what i'm missing you act you do voiceover art is are you a voiceover artist is that what the terminology it is is? that was absolutely correct you're a voiceover artist very well done you're a producer yes you are a writer. I am. You are a director. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. That counts. I yeah. Mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, what did I miss? Uh, no, not much. Marketer? Not much. Uh, yeah, I do some marketing and some uh, some uh, creative stuff for uh, the production level of like um, development projects. So I create pitch decks and one sheets and investment summaries for projects that are in development. So yeah, I do that sort of stuff too. But I mean, it all started uh, as an actor. You know, I came to New York City from Rhode Island, little roadie, uh, to be an actor. And, um, and how long ago was that? 26 years ago. 26 years. 26 years ago, yeah. So we originally lived in Brooklyn for the past 26 years until I became a Norwalkian. <laughs> um, and so I, when I got here, um, like one of the things I always try to tell people that are pursuing this career is to try to sort of stay in your lane as far as when you were saying other income and revenue producing things to do. My theory behind getting a day job, so to speak, was never to be in the bar industry or the restaurant industry. Because sometimes that can be all consuming and it takes up either your days or your nights, yeah. which you kind of need. And it's not the healthiest. It's not. It really isn't. And so the other thing is a lot of people did temp jobs in offices, which again, take up your days. And once you're in that corporate world, you tend to forget your creative juices. So you recommend a job that doesn't require any hours really well i recommend a job that's in the industry <laughs> so like work for a casting director yeah um so run casting sessions learn how to run the camera you know be a monitor outside where the people come and sign in be a reader in auditions you yeah. know if you're working for a film casting director and stuff like that like i worked at acting studios i freelanced casting for 17 years um and then i did every job under the sun on a film production set yeah so i pa'd i second ad'd i first aid Indeed, I script supervised assistant director. director? Okay. Yep. I script supervised. I did location scouting. I did wardrobe, hair, makeup. Um, I did as much as I could because I knew eventually I did want to produce my own stuff. And I figured that I would be a much more effective producer Mm -hmm. if I did all the jobs first. Because then I get the impression most producers aren't like that. Um, I've met some that are, and then I've met some that aren't and just want to delegate. Producer, and I think of 
a douchebag. I feel like it's somebody who's not actually be, producing. Well, we but it sounds to, to me sometimes. that you, but you seem, well, yes, I'm sure there's obnoxiousness, of course. But it, at least it sounds like your obnoxiousness is going to be backed up with actual experience. But that's my as point. Opposed exactly. To just being a producer who's like, this is what I want. That's which is exactly what I true. imagine in a producer. And right. And so I wanted to be the effective producer that was like, by the way, I did that job and you suck at it. So I'm so sorry, you're fired. Yeah. And I know this and it's for cause because I did that job and I did it way better. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of my theory behind doing all the jobs to learn. And again, I think it helps with you as an actor understanding the collaborative process that's required mm -hmm. for making content and making art. And I think for me, it helped me appreciate that everybody's job is kind of really just as important as everybody else's. Yeah. You know, there's not one person that can be missing in that equation and it work out great. Yeah. All the cogs in the wheel have to be together and, you know, working simultaneously and effectively and consistently and conscientiously in order for it to be a success. Yeah. Anything that and you that, work on that creates. Yeah. That, and that's interesting because you're the first guest that we've had where it's kind of something like that, a project that's so very collaborative because yes. I've talked to a lot of comics and musicians and things like that. Sure. And, you know, for the most part, at least like for me, I can go out on my own. I, you know, can do what I, you know, I you don't need really have to rely things. on too many people to get I need it done. An audience, I need somebody to set up a sound system, you know, but yeah. you don't, you know, it's not like everybody has like an actual hand in right. the art itself. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, do you, so, but you're also, you know, a performer. So you've, you've grown as a performer. Absolutely. And my career's evolved a lot. I mean, when I first got to uh, New York, 26 years ago, I, I really thought I just wanted to be like a super famous um, film actor and maybe dabble in theater. And I like, you know, you have these delusions of grandeur that, you know, aren't quite realistic. Mm -hmm. And then I met with a bunch of agents and managers and one of them, I'll never forget this, told me that I was a very gifted actress, but that I needed to come to terms with the fact that I was not an ingenue, that I was a character actress, and I wasn't going to hit until I was in my 40s. Now I'm in my 20s. And I'm like, <laughs> dude you need to smoke some crack and just get out of my face because that is not <laughs> happening. I came here to be successful. And I'm going to do it now. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, he was absolutely correct. <laughs> I languished around for a lot of years doing extra work and having small, small parts and doing some off-Broadway off stuff and whatever I could get my hands on, If somebody honestly. told me I'd be successful in 20 years, I'd be like, that would be amazing. But, and, I mean, me, I was cocky, right? I was like, that's not going to take 20 years. But sure enough, um, right around my late 30s, early 40s, um, I started to be taken seriously as an actress. Yeah. And then I had a very awesome casting director who kind of believed in me and thought I had a great sound and said, why don't you come in and audition for this voiceover? And you I was do have like, a great sound. Oh, thank People you. People are very lucky to listen to this podcast, I think. I appreciate uh, that. Uh, this this pays my bills. Yeah. <laughs> this sound pays my bills. Is thank that, God. Uh, so, I mean, you've got all this. What is like the biggest source of revenue for you? Uh, my lot, voiceovers. Yeah, because a lot yeah. of your projects are things that you're also like investing in. Absolutely. Right? And, and they take years to you develop. Know, like feature films. Films, absolutely yeah. yeah television shows series unscripted or scripted and feature films they take years to develop yeah. and you know it's great and it's very rewarding once you know you get a hit uh, our first film did get picked up for distribution and it is on digital platforms available alto is the name of it great, yeah and it was great fantastic. little film yeah you've seen yeah, it yeah very fun um, very funny thank you very much and so i mean we're you know we're making headway with our projects and we have a bunch of development that are going to be great but yes my how i make a living is through acting and voiceovers and yeah. i still do you know episodic stuff I've been on Blue Bloods and Blacklist and 
uh, Mysteries of Lore and The Following and, you know, a bunch of television yeah. shows, which I know, and I'm order always twice. excited whenever you're on. I'm like, oh, Tony's on a show again. This is great. Yeah. And I like it when they re-air because then uh, we get another check in the mail thanks to uh, my lovely SAG and after unions. And yeah. so go union work. Go union. Go union. And uh, and so thank you, John. My husband calls it mailbox money because <laughs> the residual checks come in. And he's like, well, look, mailbox money, um, which yeah, is awesome. Yeah, that's got to be nice. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm very lucky that uh, even though I started my voiceover career late, I had a casting director who believed in me who set me up with an agency who believed in me and they kind of quickly moved me through the ranks and started submitting me for some great national television campaigns and um and i've been very blessed to have been the voice of like crestor humera um walmart uh cumberland <laughs> farms uh, you know some really good campaigns i've yeah. been very very blessed to have a, a good voiceover career yeah um and, and i didn't sounds think like that. a great fucking way to make money right you just sit there and record shit and then send it to somebody and they pay you is that well, Pretty I mean, you have to go work. into a studio, oh, and yeah? You know, yeah, I mean, some people do record from home. The the big, really famous, talented people record from home. Yeah. Sometimes they have booths at their at their house that they set up. I audition from home sometimes. Okay, um, but I'll be honest with you, I'm not nuts about that. I am old school girl. I believe in a casting director. I believe that that middle person, I want to get, I want feedback. I want to know what the clients are looking for. I want the casting director to guide me and mold me and make my audition fantastic. I can't objectively do that while I'm home by myself in my pajamas. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I love to, you know, work in my PJs, but I I, I miss that interaction. Yeah. You know? It still sounds like a good deal, even if you have to go in occasionally. Like, it pays good money. Like, well, yeah, it's kind of embarrassingly good. Yeah. I don't even want to get into it, but you know, yeah. No, I don't want specifics. I mean, national you know, television don't to, campaigns don't need pay 10 really years well. Of tax returns here, but well, I'll show you later. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, that's that's awesome, right? Yeah. I mean, um, and and again, it's it's not an easy career. Like, I have a bunch of friends that you know are actors, and they're like, "Oh, I wish I could get into voiceovers." How do you get into voiceovers? And I'm like, it's still a lot of hard acting work. Yeah, like it's I, it's not easy to come in and get a piece of copy and read it flawlessly in 30 seconds. Yeah. And, you know, have the client go, that's great. Let's do 27 more takes until it's perfect. And, you and you're like, I thought that was pretty good. But like, yeah. Absolutely. Like it's, you know, when you're on stage, you're interacting with other characters and your story has an arc. You know, you start a character, you tell the story and you end. So that's theater. Uh, in film, you get to do multiple takes, but it's very intimate. It's very, but you're still acting with somebody. Yeah. Voiceovers generally are you alone in a booth. So in you, a way, is totally like not collaborative. We were talking before about how you're doing. All I know it so is. So do you enjoy the voiceover less because it's less collaborative? I wouldn't say I enjoy it less because I do like to create um, unique sounds. You know, like I don't only get hired to sound like this. Like there's variations in my voice. Give us a unique sound. Um, for my pharma, I'm the person who says side effects may include. So it's a softer sort of. Oh yeah, voice I'm that not even worried about faster. these side exactly. effects now. Like you're not going Fuck to die. Fuck my body, I'll take it. Please tell your doctor if you've been to areas where certain fungal infections are common. Oh, that's great! Look at that. <laughs> and if I heard so that, <laughs> I might—I don't even think I'd be like, "Oh, that's Tony." Like, no, it's funny. One of the big campaigns that I did book, um, my mom saw the commercial. Uh, rest in peace, mommy. My mom saw the commercial and called me and was like, "They replaced you." <laughs> and I was like, "What do you mean they replaced me?" And she was like, "I saw the commercial. It's—it's it's not you." And I was like, no, no, mommy, that's me. 
She was like, no, it's not. I was like, tell your doctor. And I went into the voice and she was like, oh my God. She could not believe that that was my voice. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I mean, I, uh, I've i thought about doing voiceover work because I think I have a nice sounding voice. You actually really do have a great voice. But Jeff. if somebody told me to like do a different voice, I'd be like, this is the only voice but I But no, got. there are some people that honestly, that's all they do. They have that one sound. That's their signature sound yeah. and they're genius at it. Their delivery is great. They have like a comedic, sarcastic tone or whatever. They get hired for just that stuff. Yeah. However, it just limits you to the amount of work that you're able yeah, to yeah. go I mean, in your for. Your agency's got to be able to put you up for anything because they exactly. know you can. So yeah. yeah, I mean, and I'm and I'm lucky that they took a shot to yeah. know that I have a range that I could be like, you know, the 30 year old Walmart mom that's like, you know, buying greeting cards for her family, and or the supermarket lady who's you know selling you some really great roast chicken. And then I go into you know the the banking voice that's like deeper and more like estate planning. Yeah. And then there's the pharma that's kind of soft and breathy. That's crazy. And, and then sometimes they'll they'll have me do like the damaged voice. And that's the one that comes out kind of raspy. Oh, yeah. And you have to like sort of like dig into the grit of something and they want it to be like a little damaged is what they call it. Yeah. And you have to be able to go back and forth and create those sounds. That's so that's the fun part. I could part. do like high and not high. Those could be the two voices I could do. Uh, is that stoned or what? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> this one's stoned right now. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> You're like, dude. <laughs> Well, uh, that that is awesome. So you know, you and it and it is good to see because I've you know known you a while, and it is cool to see like everything is like breaking for you. You know, you like you put in all the work, obviously. Yeah, it's been a lot of years, years coming. But now it's like, yeah, you know, clicking on all cylinders, which is great. I guess, yeah. uh, you know, one serious question: like, as you look back, like mm -hmm. you know, on your career, what would you say was like the smartest decision you made? Like, what ended up leading to the most success for you? Um, I would probably say uh, to start to not uh, take it so seriously in the sense that understanding the difference that it isn't who I am, it's what I do. Yeah. I think that early on in my career, I spent so much time thinking that I needed to be um, this this weirdly dedicated artist that sacrificed everything in my personal life um, so that I could realize my dream. And when I realized that my dream was void of um, like my, my personal life with my husband and my personal life with my family, I was like, God, that, that's what makes me who I am. Yeah. That's what gives me um, stuff to draw on as an actor yeah. is my real life. Yeah. I think about living. that with like comics who are like at a show every night, every night they got to perform. And, you know, I get that's how you get good. But at the same time, it's you like, well, don't you want to like what material are you stuff? using? So exactly. You, like, yeah. you have to live. Yeah. And so when I when I made that turning point decision, I guess, in my 40s, um, when things started to click for me and I was like, goodness gracious, this is really just a career. Yeah. It, it's not the be all end all that defines who I am. It enriches my life on both an artistic, creative and financial Thing, you know what I mean level but yeah but it doesn't define who I am and so when I kind of made that turn in my head and came um, got like a different level of confidence it changed my auditioning and it changed the level of work I started to book yeah because I went in with a, a little bit more of a sort of professional kind of this is out of my control I can only do my very best yeah in this moment and then I have to walk away and, and go back to what's less real. Pressure on yourself, exactly. Yourself up less, yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that I think it was that realization, and I and I try to tell even younger artists because um, my production company actually does a lot of internships and mentorships um, with college kids and even some high school kids in the in the summer if they want to intern for you know the production company and sort of learn from the inside out. We try to teach our kids uh, that come and work for us um, that again, 
really focus on being present in your life, whether that be doing a good job at your job or being present with your folks, your siblings, your friends. Just make sure that you're living a very authentic, present life and know that what you do for a living is only what you do and it's not who you are. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I'm glad uh, I'm glad that's all paying off for you. Tony, thank you so much for being here. Can we do this again soon? Please. Yes. All right, anytime. And where can people find your products? Where can they find you? Uh, I am at TonyDantonio.com. And my company is ShakeTheTreeProductions.com. And you can look on both those websites and learn more about me and my company and my projects. Check her out. If you have an opportunity, work with her. I have. She's fantastic. That's Tony, right, thank you, you so much. <laughs> thank you, Joe. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the It's a Hustle podcast. If you enjoyed the listen, please give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Uh, special thanks to Eric Donnelly of the Alternate Roots for our amazing theme song, to Brendan Ruane at Light Switch Advisor for our website and social media needs. Check him out if you need any help in those areas. And of course, to Vans who provide all of our footwear. Have a good one.